have your Bible, and I hope you do, I encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 1, and then also stick your finger in at Acts chapter 13, because that's where we're going to dwell for a few minutes this morning. Now, all of this, this commissioning is good, sending the brocks is good, but I went out there and I picked up a prayer card. This thing is ancient. Steve looks younger, Caitlin looks younger, and they have one kid. Anyway, here's, what, here's why I'm bringing that up. This has been a process. The process started in earnest about five years ago. So it's not a flash in the pan. Something has been going on. Uh, many people from Garden Chapel have in, had input into Stephen Caitlin's life, the missionary development team, the missions committee, and all kinds of individuals. Some of you are supporting them personally. We are supporting them as a church. There are so many things that go in to prepare to go to be able to minister. It is interesting that we think of things very simplistically and we say, well, we commissioned them. This is simply the top of the icing on the top of the cake. That's it. And by the way... I can tell you that uh, when they started deputation several years ago now, that's getting close to three, right? When they told when I found out from team how much it costs to live in Japan, I'm going, God, if you provide what they need to get to Japan, there's no doubt in my mind that you're in it. Well, yesterday they were at 100%, now they're at about 99%. I don't know how that all works, they don't either, but praise the Lord. They are right on the edge of ready to go. They're emptying their house, they're cleaning up, they're getting everything ready to go. We need to be, and they need to be, prepared to go. So I'd like to turn your attention, some of the things I'm going to say, you go... Paul, we have heard these things over and over again at Garden Chapel. That's okay. We're going to hear them one more time this morning in a very abbreviated fashion. In Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says this. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And they're going, Lord, you died, you were buried, and you rose again. You've talked about your kingdom. Is this when you're going to put it into practice? He answers them very distinctly and straightforward. He said, you know what? And this is not the biblical words. Don't worry about the time. Most of the time, we who believe what the Bible literally says, we talk about the Lord is coming, the rapture, you know, we're waiting for the rapture. All good. That's a different sermon than this morning. That's not this sermon. This one says, don't worry about when the rapture is going to happen. Don't worry about when you're going to die, because here's what's important. The time isn't important. If it's a short time, a long time, doesn't matter in this case. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. He said, you know what? I want you to redeem the time. I want you to concentrate on that you have today. You have this moment. I want you to use it because I've empowered you. I have given you the Holy Spirit who will make it possible for you 
to be my witness. A witness is a martyr. A martyr is one who says, I have first-hand information, I know exactly what happened, and I cannot, will not be changed. By life or by death, it doesn't matter. I am going to give my story. What I, uh, it just so much irritates me. I've seen this uh, over the past couple days again. Well, that's your truth, and this is my truth. Hogwash. There is only what is true. That's it. There's no two sides of truth. Truth is truth. What is it? The truth is, we have a message. It's Jesus Christ who lived the perfect life, died for all the sin of the whole world, was buried, proving that indeed He had died, and then rose again from the dead, proving that God's justice and righteousness and holiness had been satisfied. That's our message. And He said, Here's what it is. You know that to be true. That's what he was saying to them. You know that to be true. And so you use that at whatever level. It all starts at home. That's what it says. Jerusalem. That's the hometown. That's your home base. That's Garden Chapel for the Brocks. I got to tell you, I'm going to get back to this in a few moments. But if I hadn't seen Steve and Caitlin ministering at Garden Chapel... I would have a really hard time signing that certificate that's right here, in here. I would have had a really hard time doing that. In fact, I wouldn't have. But they were ministering in Jerusalem. And then it says to uh, Judea. What's Judea? You could say it's Pennsylvania. You could say it's the United States. You could say. But it's people that have a common culture, a common language. You can kind of mix it up without a whole lot of additional things being added. And by the way, sometimes when we get to Samaria, because there you have those that are your closest neighbors, but there are cultural differences. And in the case here, they were even enemies. You can go just, and one of our missionaries, um, Andre Cooper, he's a missionary to Harrisburg. That to me is Samaria. It's a totally different culture than I know growing up in Pennsylvania Dutch country. It's just completely different. The point is, he says you start here and you keep going out. I know our missions committee believes that. And they encourage us in each, uh, many different times. And then it says the remotest parts of the earth. To me, that's Japan. How many of you have been to Japan? And it's usually all the guys that were in the service, except for Will. Okay? But that was the early service, too. The guys that were in the service, they were in Japan. But you know what? To me, that is the remotest part of the earth. That's as remote to me as Papua New Guinea is where the Buckners are. It's just on the other side of the world. It requires being able to deal with an unknown people group. It is going out of your way. It's learning a language, learning a culture. Everything is different. I'm going to tell you, I admire the Brocks and anyone that leaves their home and goes. But I don't envy you at all. (laughs) That's not my calling. God called me to Jerusalem. I've had some other than that. But you know what? That's where he called them. Now, the first Christians, they spread out, and they did indeed do what 
the commission says. They did spread out. But the first Christians spread out from Jerusalem because of persecution. They were driven out. The Romans, the Jewish leaders drove them out because they didn't like the message of Jesus Christ. That Nazareth, the way of the Nazarene, that was not something they were going to tolerate. The point is, when we get to Acts chapter 13, and that's where we're going to spend the next few minutes. In Acts chapter 13, it is purposeful. They prepared to send people out. They had a a vision, if you will. They had a goal. They had a purpose. And they didn't just send everyone. When you, when you do this, and I'm got, not going to, you can read, so I'm not going to read all of it for you. But there were people who were prophets and teachers, and they were ministering to the Lord. The word minister there means they were servants of the public. They were reaching out to other people. And among them, two of them were called out. All of them seemed to be qualified. But God said, Out of all those people who were ministering in Jerusalem, in this case it was Antioch, I want you to call out for me Saul, who we know as Paul, and Barnabas. Call them out. Set them aside because I have a job for them to do. And it says they were taking this whole thing seriously. They were fasting. And then it goes on to say in verse, um, the end of verse 2, The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work which I have called them. If we sent people out, that would be a good thing. But if we sent them out just because Garden Chapel wanted to say, you know what, we we have missionaries that we sent out from our church. That would be a bad thing. Because guess what? We, and I hope, as, as Steve said earlier, I think, or he, I said it someplace else. I guess it was in earlier service. You know what? I hope we're here because you're behind us to encourage us to send us out. But if we're not, we shouldn't be doing this. We should say, sorry, you need to go someplace else. But that's the church. That's me as a pastor. That's you as an individual who've already been praying for a long time for the Brock's. And you've been giving and making it possible for them to get to 99 or 100% or whatever they are at the moment. But if the Holy Spirit is not the one absolutely doing the work, and the Holy Spirit, when it says that the Holy Spirit said, set them apart, it's in the imperative. It's a command. It's not, well, if you folks think you ought to do this, maybe it'd be a good idea. No, it's an imperative. It's a command. And he says, this is the work I have called them to. I heard Steve's testimony of how he discerned the will of God. But behind all of that is absolutely the work of the Holy Spirit. I said this in the early service, don't anybody get offended, but I've had the privilege in the past 28 years, I'm getting to be one of the older guys now, of working with a number of young men. And I'll tell you, by the way, I'm I'm just going to put my hand up first. Because there were plenty of people that said there's nothing ever going to come about that Paul Malfair guy. Okay? And I've seen when God starts with somebody, it's not the finished product. It is absolutely not even close. But he takes individuals, ordinary people, who are doing what God asked them to do now, and eventually says, set them apart. I want them 
to serve me in a different place. In this case, we're talking about Japan. It doesn't matter where it would be. But there's also a specific plan that they were carrying out. It says that in verse 4, Paul went to various cities and he knew exactly where he was going. And one thing that's absolutely clear (coughs) is that every place Paul went, he went one place. He didn't go to the, the city hall. He didn't go to the center of the city. He went to the synagogue. You know what? He was a Pharisee. He used exactly who he was. That Pharisee stuff got him in big trouble. I mean, he was persecuting Christians because of that. But he took what God had given him, his station in life, and he took that and used it for God's purposes. And from the synagogues, he started the ministry in each city. Sometimes he got thrown out. Sometimes those synagogues got turned into local churches. All depends what the reception was. The point is, there was a plan. I know team does not send people out and just say, oh, here you are, dump you off in Japan and you go. No, team actually has a team approach with the small letters. A team approach. Steve and Caitlin aren't on their own. They will have a team there. But guess what, folks? They better have a team here or they're never going to make it. Our brother... Carl said, you know, we need to pray and we need to give. Absolutely, and we need to communicate. I'm so glad you said that because I knew what I was going to say, and I was going to go, amen. Exactly what you said is very, very important. Because when you're on point, it can be very lonely. Sometimes downright discouraging. And sometimes just really just feeling like you want to quit. Doesn't matter. Anytime that you're taking the lead, anytime you're going into the kingdom of darkness, into Satan's kingdom, there's going to be blowback. And it's going to be hard. And you're going to go, what in the world did I get? I might have been thinking about this since I'm 16 years old, like Steve told us. What did I get myself into? You need to be there. We need to be there to back them up. We need to also have... A clear message. It makes it clear that <coughs> they were proclaiming the word of God. Nothing wrong with helping people. Let's face it. It's going to have a hard time giving the gospel to somebody who's starving to death. I have no problem with those kinds of things. Those good works that put a platform for giving the gospel. But if that's all we ever do, fill stomachs or help them in some other way, we've fallen way short because guess what? They now have a full stomach and a a nice place to live and maybe some clean clothes and medicine. But if they don't have Christ, they're still going to hell. And so heaven. The bottom line is we want people to come to Christ and not only come to Christ, we want them to be discipled. The end result of discipleship is someone who is faithful and loyal and loving and self and reproducing. We want them to be able to turn around and do what we have done. We're always more than just a spokesman. We are ambassadors, no doubt about that. But we are examples. It's going to be tough. Hey, it's You know it's hard to be an example, and you know the people, you know the culture, you know the language. 
Don't throw me into Japan or any other place. I was in Brazil for nine months, and I didn't have to take off my shoes to count how many words I knew in Portuguese. I, that is not me. I have a hard time, as you know, with English sometimes. The point is, everyone is different. And God calls us and uses who we are, not who we'd like to be or who somebody else wants us to be, who we are. I've got to make this short. But you know what? Ministering may involve persecution. Oh, somebody might laugh at us or shun us a little bit. But you know what? It's possible, as with the Apostle Paul, they get run out of town. That's exactly what happened when they went. But guess what? They continued. They, they dusted off their shoes, they dusted off their feet, and they kept going. And when they kept going, you know what they did? Exactly what I said. They went back and encouraged the disciples. Those that have come to know Christ, they brought them on to maturity, discipling them to full adult Christians. That's the bottom line of this whole thing. That's what we want for Steve and Caitlin. That's what the Word of God requires us to aim at. Do we always meet everything? (laughs) Not even close. I wish we did. We don't. But without a doubt, that is the basic pattern that we want to follow. At this point, I... Want to turn it over to Steve and Caitlin, or Steve? I'm not sure. Oh, Caitlin is coming up. Okay, get your get your tissues out. That's what she told me earlier. Might need some tissues, right? Prior to dating my current husband, (laughs) my only husband, Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) got that out of the way, Um, I felt called to missions uh, uh, 11 and a half years ago before we were married, um, but I did not feel called to Japan at all, actually, and, but I, I really felt called to marry Stephen, and I trusted that the Lord would give me a heart to move across the world and leave my family if he wanted me to marry Stephen. And um, we've been married for 11 years, and almost 11 years, and uh, it has definitely um, taken a, a lot of time. But, you know, it's gotten to the point where um, I feel called to go there just as much as Stephen does. And it's been neat to see me make the choice in obedience to go to Japan, and then the Lord gave me the heart and the desire to. And um, <clears throat> a book that I read when I was uh, 22 years old that gave me the call to missions was Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Uh, and when I read these paragraphs, I was actually working in an elementary school classroom, and I was just sitting there while my student was doing his homework, and I was just reading the book in the back of the classroom. And when I read the words, they jumped off the page, and I knew God was speaking to me. And I just wanted to read it to you here. Um, it's the verse on uh, the chapter on missions. <clears throat> he says, uh, "God is closing in on some of you. He is like the hound of heaven who means to make you far happier in some dangerous and dirty work. Missionaries and ministers of mercy don't come from nowhere. They come from people like you, stunned by the glory of God and stopped in your tracks. And sometimes it happens when you are going in exactly the opposite direction. And later on in the chapter, he says, uh, 
God does not call us to ease, but to faithful joy. He is closing in on some of you, smiling with tears in his eyes, knowing how much of himself he is going to show you and how much it will cost. As I write, I pray you will not turn away. And when I heard those words, I knew I had to be a missionary. And it was, it's just been a really neat process to see the Lord give me a heart for, uh, for Japan. Um, I'm very excited to go there. I'm also very scared. I don't, I don't feel worthy. Um, I try to talk God out of it, often to find someone better than me. Um, but if Steve is going, I'm going, and I am very excited to go um, and to raise our children there. So, but we need your prayers. Um, I do not feel qualified. Um, it's very humbling. But we are very excited. not the first time that I've heard those words uh, from Caitlin, and it's not a sentiment that she is alone in feeling, but what a comfort we have in Christ Jesus, uh, in the God of heaven and earth, that he does not call those who are qualified, that uh, It is not those who are wise who will put to shame the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God looks foolish. He is strong in our weakness. He ultimately is the one that is going. He is the one that is receiving. He is the one that is sending. It is and has been a tremendous privilege for Caitlin and I to know you, to worship with you, to minister to you and with you. We would not be at this stage of our lives, at this place in ministry, we would not be standing here before you today without you. And while we are going while we are being sent by you it is in joy knowing that we are being sent with you that as we go to Japan that you are not far from us and uh, we are excited to live in a day and age that technology when it works is so awesome and that we're not far removed from Japan even now. Lindsay John is watching me talk right now on her mother's phone. You can all wave hi to Lindsay, who is in Japan right now. Uh, so while we go, we are going very far and yet not very far at all. You will be with us. You will be in our hearts. And this will always be our church home. So I thank you on my behalf, on Caitlin's behalf, on our family's behalf, for the family that you have been to us. Thank you. I'm going to. Elders would come up. And uh, make a semicircle behind them. Grab hold of 
this and kind of turn this on this, please. We don't rehearse these things, so if it looks a little chaotic at times, that's okay. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, on behalf of uh, Garden Chapel, uh, I am going to be asking uh, some rather standard questions that you might ask of someone who is being sent out. And then I'm going to ask all of you, as the people from Garden Chapel, whether you're a member or not, if you're here today, I'm going to encourage you to stand when we get to that part. And uh, we'll have, we already have it on the, the before, but we're going to make this pledge uh, to the Brocks. And I want to encourage you, seriously, God holds us to what we pledge. So if you don't believe this and you don't want to be a part of it, just stand there and keep your mouth closed. Because I don't want you to get in trouble with God if you say, well, you know what, I forgot about them after six months. We don't want that. So I'm going to encourage you in that direction. I hope all of you do that, but I'm just telling you because God takes us seriously. We, the elders and missions committee, on behalf of Garden Chapel Congregation, gather today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, to commission Stephen and Caitlin Brock and their family to the ministry of the gospel as ambassadors of Christ to the country of Japan. We're going to ask you, I'm going to ask on their behalf, uh, the following questions. Do you acknowledge a divine calling and an inner impelling to leave your loved ones and your friends and this church and go forth as an ambassador of Christ to those who do not know him? If so, answer, we do. Do you accept the Bible as the word of God? And when you, will you endeavor to faithfully present the message of the Bible to those to whom you minister by your life as well as your teaching? If so, answer, we do. Is it your desire to serve with the compassion of Christ in your heart and thus minister to the physical and spiritual needs of the people of Japan? If so, answer, we do. <laughs> that was uh, not my right answer. No, absolutely <laughs> will do. Okay, okay. Since you will be serving under this church and under team, will you endeavor to honor the principles of each? Will you endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, promote the fellowship of the brethren, and abide by the regulations of both your sending church and your mission board? If so, answer, we do. We do. If you would all stand and uh, join with us. As you can see, we can all repeat together. Guys, you, if you want to turn around, we will lay hands on them just here in a moment. But uh, we as a congregation want to pledge to them. And so, um, beginning, we, the congregation, Garden Chapel, recognize your sincere Christian character and your calling to missionary service. Having heard your favorable responses to our questions, we officially commission you as messengers of the gospel. We commit to uphold you in prayer, support your material necessities, encourage you, and rejoice with you in the victories, fruits, and rewards of your ministry. At this point, I'm going to ask the elders and the pastors from Garden Chapel to lay their hands on the Brocks. And uh, first of all, I'm going to ask 
uh, Scott uh, Romberger to pray, and then uh, Mike fulfills a double role today. He is the chairman of our missions committee as well as an elder, and then I will close the service in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this joyous time. And Lord, I thank you for the call that you've placed on Stephen and Caitlin, and I thank you for the, their obedience to that call, Lord. And Lord, as they go, I just pray that we as a congregation stand behind them firmly, yes. that we do our part, that we faithfully pray for them, communicate with them, provide finances, uh, whatever you call each of us to do. And I thank you for their example to each of us mm-hmm. in following your call in their lives. And I just pray that each of us can do the same. I pray for uh, team, and I just pray that they can fulfill their part in, uh, in leading Stephen and Caitlin. And I pray for their team members in Japan as yes. they prepare for them to come and I pray for their abilities, Lord, to uh, learn the language, learn the culture, and to, uh, and to have a real impact on, on that culture, Lord, as you've called them to, to do. And, uh, Lord, I pray also for the hearts and minds of those that they'll minister to. Lord, uh, just prepare them, Lord, um, for what you want to show them through the ministry of Stephen and Caitlin and team and ultimately... Uh, through Garden Chapel and others that are supporting them, Lord. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we come to you to this, de- this day and we, uh, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would bless these two individuals. We ask that you would bless them according to your will. We, play, we pray, Lord, that you would bless their ministry that they're getting ready to embark on. Lord, both Stephen and Caitlin are very passionate people. They're very, very gifted people. And we pray that you would use that passion and gifting to, to serve you, Lord, and to expand the kingdom in Japan. Lord God, I pray for um, the people of Japan, and I pray that you would soften their hearts. I pray, Lord God, that you would soften the, the hearts of those that they will interact with, uh, the team members that are over there. I pray for unity uh, of their team that they're going to be working with. We pray, Lord God, that you would... Um, Make sure and help us to always keep them in the forefront of our mind, as with our other missionaries, that we would continue to pray for them as a church, that we would continue to um, reach out to them and talk to them and encourage them with letters and words of affirmation and uh, emails, Lord, or whatever it takes. Lord God, I pray again for Stephen uh, to be a leader. I pray uh, for Stephen and Caitlin as they uh, embark on this uh, great journey, and I pray that you will bless them accordingly. In your name and will we pray. Amen. Lord, we bring this to an end by acknowledging that only with your help and your direction and your preparation can this even happen. Lord, we understand that this should not be an odd thing, but it should be something that is expected from a local congregation. Lord, without a doubt, uh, they're embarking on a, a great journey one that changes pretty much everything in their life. Lord, in some ways, we will suffer, and we absolutely will, because we will miss their presence. And Lord, it's probably going to be hard for them at times, because they'll miss us. Lord, I know one thing. You made it clear that we are in fellowship and partnership in this. They are indeed the mouthpiece, the hands, the feet, of Garden Chapel, on the cutting edge, 
to take the gospel to the world. Lord, I pray that this example would not just be something about a commissioning a, a couple for missions, but, Father, that we ourselves in our own hearts right now would understand that whether it's the remotest part of the earth or it's Monday morning on the job or this afternoon with the neighbor, we have a commission to take the gospel. I pray that we would not allow this just to be something about somebody else. But Lord, it would be all of us working together where we are using what you have given us. And what you've given us is the word of God, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that we would endeavor to carry out, just like Stephen and Caitlin, what you've called them to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I am presenting to them a certificate that uh, simply says that uh, they are commissioned by Garden Chapel and team to the ministry of the gospel and very specifically in Japan. Do you guys want to go to the back before I dismiss them? I just want to say one last thing. Uh, This is our final Sunday this year. Uh, Before we leave, we'll be going down to Maryland for the coming months before we go to Japan in the first week of November. Um, But we are having an open house downstairs in place of the evening service. At 6 o'clock. Okay. God bless, go with God, and be a blessing to someone else.